Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're cheating on me. I tried to get my phone back from her, but she was taller than me, and I had to stand on the tip of my toes. But still, I couldn't reach it. I swear, I'm not cheating. Why would you say that? Do you think I'm blind? This girl has been texting you and asking you out on a date. Is this that girl that you're always watching on Twitch? Huh? Jeez, Mel, calm down, will you? The girl just has a crush on me. It's not like I'd ever go on a date with her. We're just texting. That's cheating. No, it's not. She's a pretty popular streamer. You want me to just ignore her texts? It's not like we've talked about anything other than games. Jesus. You're cheating on me, and I'm gonna find out about it. You're probably spending all your money on this girl, and that's why you keep telling me you have no money to buy me any more new clothes. You're cheating, and I'm gonna find out the truth. And when I do, get ready for a world of hurt, buddy, 'cause I'm gonna sue you for every penny you've got. Sue me? <laughs> for what? For talking to a friend I met online, I, I don't know yet, but I'll figure it out. And when I do, you bet your ass I'm gonna sue you. Hi everyone, I'm Dave, and my girlfriend is a jealous gold digger. This is how I finally got rid of her. Do you have a great title idea? Comment it down below and like the ones you think are interesting. You never know; your story may be the next one we post. All right, now back to the story. I swear, what I told Mel was true. I really wasn't cheating on her. Sure, I found it cute that a famous streamer I watched had a crush on me, and sure, a popular girl like her liking me was flattering. But I was loyal, and I have principles. We really were just friends. But since Mel found out that I was texting her, our relationship began to sour. That wasn't the first time it happened. Mel had always been the jealous type, and she was intensely jealous. So much so that she did everything she could to get rid of all my friends who were girls. She would harass them, text them threatening messages. One time, she even publicly confronted one of my oldest friends and accused Jenny of trying to steal me away from her. It was madness. I tried to defend Jenny, but Mel got so mad at me and accused me of cheating. But when I took Mel's side, Jenny got mad at me and never talked to me again. Mel's always giving me trouble, but I loved her, and that's why I put up with it. I thought she was just high maintenance. I thought to myself, I was lucky to have a girl who took taking care of herself seriously. But then I noticed she would spend more and more of my money on stupid stuff like tarot card readings and excessive shopping for clothes she never even wore. But whenever I'd show her my credit card bill, she would just cry and guilt me by saying I don't love her enough. I never knew love was quantified by the amount of dollars I spent. I was getting to the point where I was about to reach the end of the line with Mel. But then the unthinkable happened. Her parents were jailed for defrauding banks, and she was left to fend for herself. She had no job and no home. How could I just leave her in that situation? But now, now it's a different story. Mel actually sent a private investigator to tail me. She was so obsessed about finding out whether or not I was cheating on her that she went online, found a private investigator, and paid her with my own card. The irony. So anyway, this is how I found out. You know that feeling you get when you think someone's watching you? Yeah, I got that feeling one evening while I was hanging out with the guys at our usual spot. I turned around and I saw her. The girl quickly looking down at her phone, but I could clearly see she was blushing. So I approached her. I was just gonna say hello and that I didn't know at all why she was staring at me, but before I could even introduce myself, she just blurted it out—the whole thing—that she was a private investigator sent by my evil girlfriend to spy on me. 
She said Mel had even instructed her to frame me or take photos that could be used as evidence against me. Even if it was all made up. That was the moment I decided that I was done with Mel. Turned out the private investigator she hired had developed a crush on me. She said she spent months tailing me and in that span of time, she fell for me. And because she didn't agree with what Mel wanted to do to me, she decided to tell me the truth. That was when we hatched a plan. To get back at Mel, we had to give her what she wanted. I needed to be caught cheating. So I finally called up the Twitch streamer that Mel was jealous of. And when I told her everything, Nat was more than happy to help. And my, did she really help. I guess I keep forgetting that she was massively rich. And nothing made Nat happier than playing pretend, especially when it involved the guy she had a crush on. Nat went all out. She threw a massive party. All the famous streamers and YouTubers were there. She had her mansion decorated and even hired a photographer and a videographer just for the scene that we were meant to act out so that Mel would think I was cheating. When the moment finally came, Nat kissed me on the lips. I was so shocked because we only talked about her giving me a kiss on the cheek. Nevertheless, the video and photo made it to Nat's channel, and everyone was asking who the guy Nat was kissing was. And of course, she told them it was me. And that was when Mel kicked me out of the house. She even fired Penny, the investigator, and didn't pay her because she said Penny should have stopped me from kissing Nat. I didn't mind that she kicked me out of my own house, which I'm paying for. It was all part of the plan. I spent that week living large in Nat's mansion. A week passed and I received a summons from court. I couldn't imagine what she wanted to charge me with. But according to Penny, Mel had a close friend who was a lawyer. She even sent me photos of the two of them cuddling at some drive-in movie theater. I smiled to myself. Here I thought we were only going to teach Mel a lesson. Now we get to expose her for being a hypocrite and a cheater as well. The day of the hearing, Nat, Penny, and a bunch of Nat's fans were there. We wanted it to be as big a spectacle as it was. Nat even paid for a top-notch lawyer to help me out. Unfortunately for Mel, my lawyer was a shark. And she ate chump lawyers like Mel's friend for breakfast. The moment the judge gave permission for my lawyer to speak, it was over. I'm sorry to tell you, Your Honor that your time is being wasted by the prosecutor and his client. Because this lawsuit is frivolous. And simply put, a matter of fraud. Your Honor, Miss Mel is a pathological liar with a well-documented history of stealing from my client's bank accounts to satisfy her need for material things. And when she does not get her way, she resorts to blackmail and threats. Today, she made good on a threat she made my client. But she got here via fraudulent means. This should not have been a matter for the court. But with the help of her lawyer, who she is also dating, she has managed to weasel her way into this hallowed court. My associates and I have all the evidence needed to prove that the prosecution has in the past extorted my client, blackmailed him, and tried to frame him. Your Honor, I move to declare this as a mistrial, and I move to charge the prosecution with defamation, extortion, and unjust vexation. The judge called my lawyer forward and asked him to present the evidence we had against Mel. And after a few minutes, she banged her gavel. I declare this trial to be a waste of my time. I would advise the prosecutor to find a job very soon, as I will be writing the state board to revoke his license for using the law in such a manner. Bailiff, hand over Miss Mel to the authorities. She will be booked and put on house arrest pending the date of her new trial, where she will be the defendant. Mel burst out laughing, and when she realized it was all real, she shouted at the top of her lungs. No! This is bull! You can't arrest me! I'm the one who was cheated! You don't understand! What kind of stupid judge are you? The whole courtroom fell silent. The judge was fuming. She stood up and banged her gavel three times. You will not address this court in such a manner, little girl. I highly suggest you silently accept the consequences of your actions before I find you in contempt. You can't shut me up! I pay taxes! I pay your salary! You're stupid! Your decision is stupid! All right, bailiff. Take her to the cells. This woman will be held in contempt. Afterwards, hand her over to the city police. She will be staying in jail until her trial date is set. The entire courtroom laughed at what Mel brought upon herself. Even the judge didn't call for silence. The best part is, Nat sneaked in a few clips to show her live audience on Twitch. She even got to take a boomerang of Mel's stupid face as she cried when the bailiff took her away. The court ordered that she pay me back for every cent of my money that she spent. And now I live with Nat. I sold the house because I didn't want to live in a place with bad memories. Penny visits me sometimes as well. My life's a dream now, honestly. I'm surrounded by awesome people all the time. And I've got two girls who are head over heels in love with me. What more can I ask for?
I've always heard that being homeschooled was boring. And I guess sometimes it could be true. You don't get to meet a lot of people. You don't get to make new friends. The only people I know are my parents, my cousins, and the three tutors my mom and dad hired to teach me. But I never got lonely. And my life was amazing. See, my parents are both owners of a huge game developing company. They're huge gamers themselves. So as soon as I could speak, mom and dad have been sharing their passion with me. While most kids are prohibited by their parents from playing video games, I was encouraged to do so. My first ever birthday gift was an Xbox. I would play day in and day out. On one condition, of course, that I finish my homework before I put a controller in my hand. What's more is that mom and dad paid me for it. For every hour that I put into playing games, they paid me a hundred bucks. I was their most important game tester. I would be the first one to try out every new game they made. And depending on whether or not I enjoyed it, they would either release the game or scrap it altogether. Not everyone agreed with my parents' methods, though. I heard the neighbors talking behind my mom and dad's back when they came to visit. They would express their concerns about me being cooped up at home and being in front of a screen most of the time. And the kids in our neighborhood didn't like me at all. I think they were jealous that mom and dad let me do what I want. And they were jealous of the fact that I had all the games I wanted and all the consoles that their parents never got for them. I had all the Xboxes, all the Playstations, three gaming PCs, and every handheld imaginable. Well, they had to do chores. I was getting paid to play games. I thought having lots of toys would make making friends much easier. I thought I could invite them over and they'd like me. But they only came for my toys. They didn't care about me at all, and they certainly didn't want to be friends. In fact, whenever they'd come over to visit, they'd grab my controller from me and banish me from the game room. We don't want you in here, Nolan. Yeah, you're weird. You have no friends and you're homeschooled. Homeschooled kids always turn out weird. I bet you'll grow up to become a creep. Now get out. They didn't care that it was my console, my game room, or my house. They treated me like I was some sort of pest. High school was different, though. I convinced my parents to send me to a regular school. And because I begged and begged and promised mom and dad that I'd make sure I'd get top grades, they eventually let me. It was tough. I didn't know anyone. And I was a huge nerd. At first, some people were interested in getting to know the new kid. But when I opened my mouth, everything fell apart. I had no idea how to talk to other people. And most of the time, I'd ramble on and on and on and on and on and on about boring subjects. Eventually, I got branded as the school weirdo. And not many people wanted to hang out with me. There were a few people who did hang out with me, but it wasn't great. They only wanted to be my friends because of the things I had. Whenever there was a big game release, they would use me to ask my parents to give them the game before it hits the stores. And they would constantly badger me about getting free merch. They supported me whenever I'd compete in esports tournaments, but only so that they could get free tickets and sit in the VIP area. They've weaseled their way into more than a few exclusive events and comic cons just by being my friend. And at first, I was happy to share all the perks in my life. After all, they were my friends. But then they stopped talking to me at school. They would ignore me whenever they didn't need anything from me. And when I'd try to sit with them, they'd shoo me away. It got to a point where they treated me like they didn't know me at all. Pfft, why are you here? Can't you, like, go eat somewhere else? Yeah, can't you see we're talking here? Unless you've got a new game you're giving us, you can't sit with us. Now leave. The only time I got to really see them was when there was a sleepover or a party at my house. Whenever that happened, they were all in attendance. And they acted like angels in front of mom and dad. But as soon as they left us alone, they'd push me out of the room and force me to sit outside. Luckily, high school didn't last forever. And in college, I finally got over my awkward phase. 
I met a pretty girl called Hanako, and we hit it off instantly. She and I liked a lot of the same things. She was a gamer too, and we spent a lot of our time talking about our favorites and playing together. One day, my mom and dad hired me to officially be a game tester for their company, and I convinced them to hire Hanako as well. We studied during the day, and at night, we played to our heart's content. Hanako and I fell deeply in love. Or, at least I did. Because one night, as I was sitting in the dark with my mom, my friends and our co-workers getting ready to surprise Hanako for her birthday, she walked in with someone none of us were expecting. It was my dad. And they were kissing. They had no idea we were there. As they made their way into the house, Hanako turned the lights on. She jumped in utter shock. She was so mortified at discovering that everyone she knew was there. It looked like her spirit left her body. Happy birthday. I, I guess. Dad went into panic mode. Nora, uh, sweetheart, it's not what it looks like. Really? Were you giving your son's girlfriend first aid? Was she drowning from the air so you had to resuscitate her? I want you out of the house, Joe. I want you out tonight. Baby, Nora, sweetheart, calm down. It's nothing. She's just a fling. Come on now. You know how it is with these girls. They attach themselves to powerful men like me because they want to get ahead at work. I promised her a promotion, that's it. Uh, excuse me? Hanako finally snapped out of her shock. She was mad. A fling? You liar! You told me you were going to leave her for me! You told her you'd get rid of her and we could finally run the company together! Then she turned to my mom and looked her up and down. You are old news! I'm the new queen in town! Mom wasted no time in slapping her across the face. You'll be homeless and broke before I let any of that happen, Missy. I admire your ambition, but you flew too close to the sun. As it so happens, I invited the entire board of directors tonight. And after this display, I doubt any one of them will side with either of you. I move to remove my soon-to-be ex-husband as CEO and board member. All in favor? One hand rose up from the crowd, then two. Soon, every single board member there had their hands up. Mom smiled at Hanako. Oh, and you're fired, sweetheart. But why is the entire board of directors here? Because I had an important announcement to make. I invited all these people here because... I took out a small velvet box from my pocket, and I showed them the gold ring inside. The diamond was massive, and when Hanako saw it, her eyes saw dollar signs. W well this was all a huge mistake anyways. We can still fix this, uh, right? I laughed in her face. Get lost, gold digger! Don't ever come near me again! I threw the ring into the fireplace and walked out of there. I managed to keep the tears in until I was alone, but as soon as I went out and sat down in the garden, I started sobbing like a baby. I thought Hanukkah was the love of my life. I loved her with all my heart, and just like that, everything was ruined. I didn't know what to do or how to keep going, but someone showed me kindness that night. I felt a tap on my shoulder, and when I looked up, I saw my secretary, June. She offered me a tissue, and I took it gratefully. I blew my nose and apologized. What for? For losing it? For crying over a stupid gold digger? June giggled. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry for laughing. I'm not laughing at you. I know. It probably hurts a lot. But... If I were you, I wouldn't waste a single tear over someone like that. You are Nolan Summers. You're a prodigy at gaming. You've been an incredible game tester since you were a kid. 
You've won several international esports competitions. You're a legend amongst gamers. And your family owns the country's biggest game company. If anything, she should be the one crying now. I smiled at her. Thank you. You're very kind for saying all that. I'm just stating facts. You're amazing, and any girl would be lucky to have you. Thanks to June, I learned to get back up and try again. I focused all my energy into work. I developed amazing games with my mom, and when my dad tried to start up his own game company, we crushed him beneath our heels and sued him for using our trademarks and ideas. He and Hanako soon broke up when she realized he was going to be broke for a long time, and she never got any jobs in the gaming industry after news of the scandal broke out. Last I heard, she was flipping burgers for a living. I took the company to new heights, and then my own pet project won Game of the Year. I was so happy that day that I decided to propose again, this time to June. She said yes. We're four years married now, and I can't be happier. We have two kids, and I built them both an amazing game room. One day, when they're old enough, June and I will share with them the wonderful world of gaming that I discovered when I was little. I'm Alvin. Like most days, I got off the school bus and walked two blocks to the kindergarten where my mom works. As usual, I stood waiting for her at the front of the building. On that day, though, a man came from nowhere, grabbed my backpack, and ran away with it. Hey! That's my math homework you're stealing, I yelled after him. There's nothing of value to even steal! The man disappeared around the corner. Distraught, I slumped down and continued waiting for my mother. That's the price you pay for living here. Things like this happen all of the time. My mom finally got off work at 5 p.m. Someone stole my math homework while I was waiting for you, I told her. Just like me, she'd gotten used to it. You're lucky. Someone stole all four tires from a client's car today, she said laughing. <laughs> we continued chatting while walking to our fake home. You heard that right. I said fake. You'll figure out what I mean in a moment. You see, this old and rather dilapidated house goes with the rest of the neighborhood. After about 10 minutes, we made it to our fake home. My mom made herself a coffee as we waited for my dad until 6 p.m. After my dad came home from work, we spent another hour waiting impatiently. Then, we hurried around the house, closing the curtains so our neighbors wouldn't see us. From the moment the curtains closed every evening, we'd live as we truly are, like rich people. We went down to the basement of our fake home. My dad turned on the facial recognition system. We turned our faces to the hidden cameras. As soon as the system identified us, the secret door in our basement opened. The secret door revealed a 5.4 mile long tunnel. It's actually a subway line that belongs to my parents and me. We use this unique subway every night to reach our real home. After a short ride, we made it to our mansion. Our property is enclosed by 13 feet high walls. During the day, there are hundreds of people working here, maintaining the grounds. Maids, drivers, cooks, and gardeners. The staff leaves at 6.30 p.m. We arrive after they're gone, and it's only us at the mansion. We walked into the dining hall. We filled our plates with food from the buffet and sat down. The best chefs in the world cook a hundred different dishes every night. My dad asked, How was your day, son? Someone stole my backpack as I was waiting for mom. I had my math homework in that backpack. I need to do it all over again, I replied. Dad smiled. Bummer. I'm free tonight if you need help, he said. Dad, I hate hiding the fact that we're rich. Horrible things keep happening to us in that neighborhood, and they always will. Alvin, we talked about this so many times. We have to live this way. We have no choice but to adapt, he replied, frowning. Yes, we had talked about this many times, yet I still didn't understand why we had to hide that we were the wealthiest family in the world. My grandfather had won the biggest jackpot of all time from the lottery. On the way to claim his winnings, he and my grandmother got in a car accident. My grandmother died instantly. My grandfather fell ill in his grief. So, he hired a lawyer to get his affairs in order, and found an investment advisor. I'm not going to touch this money. Invest with it as you like. I want my son to benefit from it in the future, he said. The advisor was very good at his job. He built hotels and shopping malls worldwide, 
and bought shares in gold and diamonds and stakes in many successful companies. My grandfather's lottery winnings grew exponentially, reaching billions of dollars. When my grandfather died, my parents inherited all his wealth. For some reason, we have to hide it. We pretend to live in the lowest income neighborhood of our city. We can only enjoy the privileges of being wealthy when we're in the mansion. I've been putting up with this for years because my parents want me to, but I've had it. I want to live my best life 24 hours a day. It's my birthright. I thought about everything that night and came up with an idea. If I made sure my friends at school knew about how rich we were, they would definitely tell their friends and families. Word would spread like wildfire and all kinds of people would know about our fortune. Then my parents would have to concede that it was impossible to hide any longer and we could start living the high life every day. I put my plan into motion the next day without hesitation. To start, I decided to tell two people, Nancy and Justin. I can't really say that I like them. I think they're super obnoxious, but they both were pretty popular in school and loved gossiping. Thanks to them, my family's secret would be out in no time. After lunch, I called both of them to the schoolyard and cut to the chase. I'm going to share my family's biggest secret with you. They were both stunned. I'm not kidding what I'm about to tell you, so you've got to trust me, I said. I had to muster up the courage to keep speaking. Nancy and Justin waited with anticipation. They both stared at me intensely. My family is the richest family in the world, and I'm the richest kid in the world, I said. My friends just stared at each other. Then they both burst out laughing. If I'm honest, that's the reaction I was expecting. You don't believe me, and you have every reason not to. I'm going to ask you to come with me. What I'm about to show you is sure to convince you, I said. You better find other people to mess around with, Justin groaned. Nancy was all in. Alvin looks dead serious, she said, and I'm curious about what's happening here. I couldn't take my friends to our fake home because I didn't know how to operate the facial recognition system. That being the case, I wouldn't be able to open the secret door. That's why I decided to take them to the mansion in broad daylight. It would be my first time entering my own house from the front door. But first, I had to convince the security detail posted outside. There was a gigantic iron door at the entrance and a security booth for the guards. Nancy and Justin stared in disbelief, first at the majestic door, then at the towering walls. One of the guards came out of the booth. Kids, this is private property. Please leave, he said. I told the guard, you don't know me, but I live here. I want to show our house to my friends, I said. I'm not in the mood for jokes, kid. Move along, please, he groaned. My room is on the third floor, I said, trying to convince him. There's a MacBook on my bed right now. I binge-watched Netflix until late last night. I can list off every show to prove it to you. Take us up there. Son, you're a fool if you think you can play me like that. I'll have to make a citizen's arrest for trespassing if you don't leave now, he responded. Justin turned to me. Alvin... I don't know if this is your idea of a prank, but I'm not getting in trouble because of some weird lie. This guy seems pretty serious. Let's get out of here before he puts us in a chokehold or something, he said. I decided to play my last card. I'm going to tell my father about this. If you don't want to lose your job, let us in. This is my house, I screamed. At the last second, the iron gate started opening. A luxury car with dark windows was leaving the property. It stopped where we stood. The black backseat window came down. The person inside looked out and asked, What seems to be the problem here? The security guard said, Sir, this kid says he lives here. The man looked at me condescendingly. You certainly do not live here. This is my private property, and I have two daughters, no son, he said. Let's go, he commanded the driver, rolling up his window. I just stood there, shocked. He's lying. This is our house, I murmured. Justin and Nancy looked at each other nervously. Nancy said, And to think I believed you, even for a second. Justin nodded. Called it. They turned around and started walking back. I was sure that everyone at school would find out about what happened. This mansion was my home. Who was that man? Knowing it was useless to insist, I went back to my family's run-down fake house. When I walked into the house, I saw my parents waiting impatiently for me. They both looked upset. Obviously, they knew what had happened. My mom said, Alvin, we watched you and your friends on the security camera. What you did was incredibly reckless. I had tears pouring down my face. You're right, mom. I'm so sorry. But who was that man? Don't we own the mansion? I asked. My dad said, 
Of course we do. That man is a professional actor. Staff at the mansion think he owns the house. It's another precaution we had to take so that no one would suspect what's going on. Dad, why do we have to take so many precautions? Why are we hiding our real selves from the world? I really want to know, I pleaded. My dad looked at my mom, who nodded at him before turning to me. We hid some things from you to protect you. We knew we'd have to tell you one day, but we were worried about your mental health, Dad said, pausing. He looked back at my mom again. She nodded for him to go on. Then she started crying softly. My dad took a deep breath and began to explain. We used to be the family you always wanted us to be. You weren't born yet. We had a daughter named Betty. Everyone knew how rich we were, which made our lives incredibly difficult. We used to go everywhere with an army of guards. We all had to wear bulletproof vests. Then something awful happened. Someone managed to kidnap your sister. They demanded we give them a hundred million dollars as ransom. We said yes, of course, but they never released her, even though we gave them the money. The police were sure it was because Betty had seen their faces. This was a massive trauma for us. After that, your mom and I made a decision. We moved to the inner city and set up this life to hide our wealth. We lost our daughter. We couldn't protect her. We don't want to lose our son too. Alvin, all this is for you. This is the only way to live a quiet life away from danger. Now I knew everything. I hugged my dad. My mom got up and joined us. We all cried for Betty for a while. I'm really sorry about today. I didn't know you were trying to protect me. I will be careful from now on, I said. From that day on, I made mom and dad a promise to live humbly during the day and never tell anyone again. It was an ordinary day when I met Priya. The kind of day you wouldn't expect something extraordinary to happen. My name's Zane, and I was rushing to work when I saw an old lady crossing the street. She was having a hard time. Cars were zooming past, ignoring the fact that the old lady was trying to cross. There was no crosswalk, but the sign says that cars should give way to pedestrians. Only, nobody was. So, even though I was already running late, I stopped to help her. I took her hand and I bravely stepped out onto the street, making every car stop as we crossed the street. And when we finally made it to the other side, I felt her grip my hand tightly. Thank you, kind sir. I looked down, and I finally got a look at her face. And what I saw surprised me. She was no old lady at all. She was dressed like one, as if in a disguise. But under all those clothes, she was a beautiful young lady. Probably the most gorgeous girl I had ever seen. I didn't even notice that her hands were so delicate and soft, without a single wrinkle on them at all. She smiled up at me and I felt myself blush. I'd never had a girl look at me like that before. Please. I need your help. I found myself saying something I never thought I would. Not on a day when my manager was supposed to do my evaluation. How can I help? I need you to hide me. People are after me. Take me to your house. Please, hide me! I saw the panic in her eyes, heard the helplessness in her voice, and I knew then and there I had no choice. I had to. I held her hand the whole time, and I traced my steps back to where my day started. I showed her into my small apartment, and that was where she told me everything. I gave her some food and drinks, and she devoured all of it in minutes. She smiled at me cutely, her eyes wide and grateful. I'm sorry. I'm starving. I haven't eaten in days. Priya told me everything. She was a princess, and when her father passed, the crown was supposed to go to her. Unfortunately, some cunning evil cousins were after the crown too, and because of their greed... They were prepared to do anything to get the crown. She was driven out of her home by these cousins, and now they were after her. She was living in a safe house with her security detail and the most loyal of her subjects. But when she least expected it, the cousins sent agents to capture her. There was a huge fight, and she was separated from the people who were protecting her. In desperation, Priya fled on some fisherman's boat, and that was how she ended up so far away from home. My mind reeled. 
first of all, it was shocking enough to find out that a princess was sitting on my tiny couch in my messy flat, and to find out that she was embroiled in such a bizarre, larger-than-life struggle was honestly mind-blowing. I knew I needed to help her. I knew I had to do something. Suddenly, my job, my life, and my annual evaluation seemed inconsequential compared to her problems. So in the next few days, I did all I could to get her back in touch with her people. I googled and I asked as many friends as I could if they could help. All while keeping it hush-hush, of course. I didn't want to attract any unwanted attention. In case her cousins found out where she was. I let Priya live with me. It was such an awkward situation. I couldn't afford to put her up at a hotel, and she didn't want to anyway. Because being in public places scares her. So, she stayed at my tiny one-bedroom. And the strangest part of it is that I still had to work and live my life. She was often there alone. During those days, I noticed changes in my house. She would arrange things, clean them, and whenever I got home, there would be dinner waiting for me. She would serve me piping hot dishes that warmed my heart. I honestly didn't know how to feel or think. Here she was, a princess who probably had hundreds of maids, and she was serving me. She was looking after me, like she was some housewife who suddenly entered my dull, boring life. I can't say I didn't enjoy it. She was beautiful, and she was kind, and very interesting. It just all seemed so... surreal. After a few weeks of nothing, and having a princess living with me, I finally got a lead. Somehow, I managed to get in contact with one of her old supporters. He told me the same story she did. He said they were all safe and that they had transferred to a different safe house, and that they had been trying to look for Priya for months now. I got home that night and shared the good news with her. She jumped up in pure joy and kissed me on the cheek. Oh, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Zane. You don't know how happy this makes me. You saved my life. And now you've done it again. I can't believe this. I don't know how I would be able to repay you. We must go to them at once. And so, we did. The guy I contacted was called Gregory, one of her uncles, and he sent me coordinates for where to meet. It had to be completely secret. So, he flew over in the middle of the night and under a disguise. We met at a corner of some park, and I told him that Priya was safe in my apartment. We walked together, taking random U-turns and making detours everywhere just to make sure we weren't being followed. And when we finally got to my place, Priya hugged the man. She had tears in her eyes. I'm so, so glad to see you again, Uncle Gregory. I thought you had all been captured. Gregory smiled and winked at me. Just then, a knock came at the door. My heart stopped. Who could that be at this time of night? And then, before either of us could react, Gregory strode to the door and opened it. Priya screamed. There, at my door, were two girls, and they had the most evil grins on their faces. Good to see you again, cousin. Oh, and who's this? You didn't tell us you'd found yourself a handsome, strapping lad. I guess now that you won't be queen, I can have him. Not before I take him for myself. We were ever so hurt when you skipped town. Oh, I'm so glad Uncle Greg found you for us. Priya turned to her uncle with tears in her eyes. You. It was you. Yes. Of course. I was the one who told them about our safe house, too. You still hadn't figured that out? <laughs> my, my. You really don't deserve the throne. Did you really think I would just let go of the fact that your father humiliated me and my family when he stripped us of that title? Oh, for a tiny tax mishap? You stole three million dollars from the treasury, and I still let you back into the fold. Well, now it's your turn to be punished. 
Hmm, princess. I knew it was my only window. I had to act fast, or her life will be in danger once more. I had grown attached to Priya, so I did the only thing I can do. I kicked my chairs at them and I grabbed Priya and carried her. I ran as fast as I could. There were men outside the house. Scary men. Luckily, I was very light on my feet and used to dodging people as a waiter. So, I got out of there with no trouble at all. I went on a loop and ended up going through the back gate of my apartment. I hid with Priya in the shed where I kept my old stuff. I figured they would never find us if we hid in the house we just escaped from. And I was right. They were gone in minutes. I packed my bags and made sure I got some blankets. I broke my piggy bank and took every single dollar out. I called my boss as we ran in the cover of darkness for the harbor. What do you mean you can't make it tomorrow? You've missed three workdays this month, Zane! And you missed your own annual evaluation! If you don't show, you're fired! That's fine, boss. I'm saving a literal princess's life at the moment, so I think that Trump's working for you. When we finally reached the harbor, we stayed in one of the boats, wrapped in blankets, until finally, at around four in the morning, the fisherman came in. I offered all the money I had, just for them to take us to Priya's country. It was a long journey, but when I told them our story, they offered to do it for free. And so, I snuck Priya back to her land, and once there, we were able to find her people. From all the evidence they gathered, they took her cousins and uncle to court, and once again, they were all stripped of their titles. Priya was reinstated as princess, and was soon to be crowned queen. It was then that she asked me to stay. And because I had nothing going for me back home, I said yes. At first, a lot of the aristocrats and nobles hated me. They said I didn't deserve to be king, that I was a nobody. But when Priya told them everything I did for her, they changed their minds, and the people loved me. They called me a national hero for saving their beloved princess. They even made a movie about Priya's journey and how I rescued her. Priya and I got married, and just before her coronation, thousands of people greeted us in the streets. And Priya was so beautiful that day. She asked me what I wanted the most in the whole world. It's to say thank you for rescuing me. Anything in the world. I smiled. I already have what I want. Priya blushed. Although, if you wouldn't mind... There is one thing. Just one. It's done. Priya and I visited the restaurant I bought, and once we were there, I greeted my old boss. There were hundreds of people outside. Some of them were reporters curious about why a queen and her king were there. My boss's jaw dropped when he recognized me. I just smiled at him. I've never seen this place so full. Must be us coming to visit. Oh, and by the way, boss, uh, uh, you're fired. So there I was, minding my own business, cleaning the floors when Mr. Fancy Suit walked by and sneered at me. A janitor, huh? Is that the best you could do with your life? I smirked and replied, well, at least I'm not leaving messes for others to clean up. His words would fuel my journey to show them all just how wrong they were about me. Get ready, because this janitor is about to clean up. And I don't just mean the floors. It all started when I was working at this fancy bank, mopping the floors like it was nobody's business. The bank owner, Mr. Arrogant, approached me with a snobbish grin and said, It must be so sad, being uneducated and having to settle for a job like this. I clenched my teeth and replied, Well, at least I'm not a pompous jerk. But inside, I was fuming. You see... What Mr. Arrogant didn't know was that I had a brilliant mind, and I wasn't going to let his snide comments go unanswered. So, I did what any self-respecting janitor with a vendetta would do. I planned a heist. And boy, was it a good one. With a little bit of research and a lot of hard work, I managed to break into the bank owner's vault, emptying it of its riches without leaving a single trace. And just like that, the smug bank owner got a taste of his own medicine. Who's uneducated now, huh? After successfully robbing the bank, I was enjoying my new wealth when Miss Fake It Till You Make It 
a beauty influencer, decided to ridicule me for being a janitor. Her words stung, but it only fueled my desire to prove her wrong. So, I used some of my newfound fortune to create an eco-friendly, honest brand. And guess what? It exploded in popularity, making me even more famous than her. When she tried to score a sponsorship deal with my company, I just smirked. Sorry, we only work with genuine people. The satisfaction was indescribable. Life took a wild turn after that. Suddenly, I was living the high life, surrounded by gorgeous supermodels, attending VIP events, and spending 100000 in a single night without even breaking a sweat. It was a far cry from my janitor days, and I couldn't help but enjoy the sweet taste of success. It's amazing how quickly things can change when you show those snobs who's boss. So this rich dude comes up to me, not realizing I was just dressed as a janitor for fun, missing my old simple lifestyle. He says, Hey, janitor boy, I bet you don't even know how to play poker. Tell you what, you can keep my house and my girlfriend, but if you lose, they're mine. I couldn't help but smirk at his arrogance. As we sat down to play, he kept trash talking me, saying things like, you really think you stand a chance against me? I played poker with celebrities, and you're just a janitor. I just smiled and replied, Well, you know what they say, cleanliness is next to godliness. We played through the night, and just when he thought he had me cornered, I revealed my winning hand. His jaw dropped, and I couldn't help but chuckle. Looks like I just cleaned up, I said with a grin. Instead of taking his money, I decided to take his girlfriend. She rolled her eyes at him and said, I always knew you were a lousy poker player. I'm happy to leave you for someone who knows how to play the game and how to treat people right. As we walked away, I revealed my true identity, leaving the rich guy stunned and humiliated. There I was, wearing my janitor outfit for a charity event I organized, when I found a rich developer who planned to demolish my parents' house to build luxury homes. No way was I letting that happen. I pulled some strings, got involved with the decision-making process, and confronted the developer at a packed city council meeting. My parents' house is more than just a building. It's a home filled with memories and love. I told him, my voice loud and clear. The room went silent, and the developer stared at me, baffled. Who are you? He asked. Grinning, I replied, just a janitor with a heart of gold. I turned to the crowd, my voice full of passion. Who here has a home they love? Who here has memories they cherish? Hands shot up all over the room. We can't let this developer take away what makes our city special. Our homes, our community, our memories. The crowd erupted in applause, and people began sharing their stories of love, family, and the homes they held dear. The developer, realizing he was losing the battle, tried to argue his case. Think of the jobs, the economic boost, he shouted. I raised my hand to silence him. We can create jobs without sacrificing our homes and our past. We can build a better future together without forgetting where we come from. The entire city stood behind me, and the developer had no choice but to back down. Money isn't everything. Sometimes, even a janitor can save the day. One day, I was dining at a fancy restaurant with my gold digger crush, who didn't know about my newfound wealth. I decided to wear my old janitor uniform to see her reaction. As expected, she was all about the glamour, loudly shaming me for not affording the most expensive items on the menu. I played along, pretending to be hurt by her words, but the next day, I pulled up to her place in a brand new luxury car, dressed to the nines. She couldn't believe her eyes. Hey, remember when you shamed me for not affording the most expensive stuff at the restaurant? I asked, smirking. Well, guess who just made a fortune? Her jaw dropped, and she stammered. You? But, but how? I laughed. <laughs> Turns out even a janitor can strike it rich. As I drove away, I could see the regret in her eyes. Little did she know she'd missed out on a fantastic life with a guy who knew the true value of hard work and love. Karma had spoken, and I was loving every minute of it. One day, I was invited to a costume party at my friend's luxurious mansion. The theme was Humble Beginnings, where the attendees were supposed to dress up as someone from their past or a profession they'd done before. I thought it'd be a great opportunity to remind myself of where I came from. So I decided to dress up as a janitor, my old job. As I was helping clean up a spilled drink at the party, a group of spoiled party girls walked by, laughing and pointing at me. Look at this loser, pretending to be a janitor, one of them taunted. Ew, and what's with that cheap outfit, another added. I rolled my eyes and decided to have some fun with them. This cheap outfit you're making fun of is actually a limited edition designer shirt. 
I said, smirking. They didn't believe me, so I challenged them to tear it off and see for themselves. As they reluctantly tugged at my shirt, they couldn't help but gasp at my toned abs. Wow, he's hot! One of them whispered to her friend, and when they saw the designer label, their faces turned red with embarrassment. This is worth thousands of dollars! One of them exclaimed. With a sly grin, I put my shirt back on and continued enjoying the party, leaving the girls in awe, their shallow judgments backfiring on them. They'd just learned a valuable lesson. Never judge a book by its cover, and always be aware of the context behind people's actions. You won't believe this other crazy thing that happened to me. So, I was at this wild party, and the host suddenly announces a bizarre challenge, sharing an enormous t-shirt with someone for 24 hours. And who do I get paired with? My crush! We wriggled into the t-shirt, feeling all kinds of awkward. Well, this is one way to break the ice, I joked. She giggled, and our initial awkwardness started to fade. We had some of the funniest moments of our lives that day. Picture this. We were trying to squeeze through a doorway and got stuck right in the middle. Maybe if we twist like pretzels, we'll make it, she suggested. As we began wiggling through the tight space. Or we could just moonwalk our way out, I quipped, and we both burst into laughter. Despite the sticky situations, the 24-hour t-shirt challenge turned out to be a blast. It actually brought us closer than ever, transforming a potentially cringeworthy experience into a hilarious, unforgettable memory. One day, I was walking around in my favorite vintage jacket, when a group of girls started to make fun of it. Hey, nice jacket! Did you find it in the trash? They sneered. I shrugged off their comments, but before I could walk away, a stylish woman approached me. Oh my god! That jacket is to die for! I've been looking for one like this forever! She gushed. I'll give you $2,500 for it right now! The girls' jaws dropped, and they couldn't believe what they were hearing. I smirked, handing over the jacket, and walked away with a fat stack of cash. Another time, this gold digger on you turned me down for a date just because my t-shirt had a tiny hole in it. Little did she know, it was a limited edition designer t-shirt worth $10,000. After I'd made the fortune and started living the high life, she came crawling back, full of regret. Oh, I didn't know you were so successful now. Maybe we could give it another shot? She suggested, but I just shook my head and smiled. Sorry, I only date people who appreciate me for who I am, not just my bank account. So, thanks, but no thanks. I walked away, leaving her to wallow in her shallow choices. Sweet, sweet karma. As the years went by, I continued to embrace my newfound success while staying true to my roots. I never forgot the lessons I learned from my humble beginnings as a janitor, and I always made sure to treat others with kindness and respect, regardless of their social status. One day, I decided to host a grand charity event, inviting all the people I had encountered on my journey, the rich and the poor, the influential and the humble, and even those who had once mocked or underestimated me. As the event unfolded, I took the stage and addressed the crowd. Tonight, we celebrate not just my personal success, but the power of resilience and the human spirit. It's not about how much money you have or the designer clothes you wear. It's about the person you choose to be and the impact you have on others. The applause was deafening, and I could see the faces of those who had once belittled me, now filled with respect and admiration. That night, we raised a significant amount of money for charity, giving back to the community and helping those in need. As I looked around the room, I realized that I had achieved the most satisfying ending to my journey. I had not only overcome my own obstacles and found success, but I had also used my influence to make a real difference in the world. And that, my friends, is, is what true success and happiness are all about. I couldn't believe my luck. I stood there in the middle of mopping the office floors, staring at the bulletin board. My name's Grant and the company I worked for was holding a raffle for an all-expenses-paid trip to a super-exclusive private island in the Philippines. You won, Grant! You won! Everyone was clapping and cheering for me. Except one. The office manager. She was livid. She strutted to me, took the mop from my hands, broke it on her knee, and kicked my mop bucket, spilling all the dirty mop water all over the place. How dare you disobey my orders? Didn't I tell you all to sign my name on your entries for the raffle? I had always wanted to travel, but I've always been too poor to do so. 
never even been to another state. And now, I was going on my first ever trip on a plane. In first class! I was so glad I didn't give in to our manager's demands to write her name on the raffle ticket I got. Otherwise, she would have won that trip. And she would have rubbed it all in our faces. Sheila slapped me and glared at me. Now, do your job and clean up all this mess! But then, the CEO's office door opened. What's all this commotion? This dumb janitor spilled all the mop water everywhere. You should fire him, boss. He's useless. Uh, that's not true. She broke the janitor's mop and slapped him because she's mad she didn't win the raffle. That's right, boss. She made us all sign her name on our raffle tickets so she'd win. And now that she didn't, she's taking it out on Grant. She's been terrorizing us this whole time, boss. Sheila's face was one of unimaginable rage. Nobody had ever stood up to her like that before. But now, somehow the office was done with her being a total prick. Uh, that's not true, boss. I would never do something like that. Her lie was easily disproved when the CEO took the box where they put all the raffle entries and discovered that a lot of the names are just Sheila's. She begged the CEO not to fire her, and she didn't. Her CEO instead demoted her to being the janitor, and she promoted me as a clerk. I was so happy. Finally, my life was turning around. Everyone congratulated me on winning the trip, and they were all there to see me off at the airport. First class was even more luxurious than I had imagined. The pretty flight attendant brought me everything I wanted and even tucked me in to sleep with the warmest, most comfortable blanket I'd ever been under. Our flight stopped in Dubai, where I got to go shopping for free, courtesy of our company's black card. Our CEO gave me free reign to spend as much as I wanted as an apology for how Sheila treated me. I was scared to spend too much, but I bought my girlfriend a designer bag and a few souvenirs and gifts for my friends back at the office. When I finally landed at our destination island, I was blown away. I never thought how different my small hometown was compared to the rest of the world. There, the sky was so blue. And the water was all different shades of blue and turquoise. It was clearer and cleaner than the tap water I get at home. I got to go on tours and saw turtles and whale sharks and a million different colors of corals and fish. The hotel I was staying at treated me like royalty. I stayed at a suite that was right on the beach. And every morning, I would have breakfast on the sand while employees of the exclusive hotel banned me with palm leaves, and served me in every way. Then, one day, I saw a yacht dock near my beach villa. I was so surprised at the people who came out of the hundred-foot super yacht. There were fifteen of them, all A-list celebrities, models, and billionaire businessmen. Leading them was Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, and their family. This happened before they broke up, so they were still all together. One of their friends was a supermodel I recognized. I've had the biggest crush on her ever since I was in high school, and I couldn't believe my luck when she passed by my table on the beach as I was having breakfast, and she smiled right at me. I couldn't help but blush. My waitress leaned in and told me that those guys often ate at the hotel because Brad had a private island close by. Oh, what I wouldn't have given to see that. Although, I was pretty shy, so I never even managed to approach them, even for a selfie. Little did I know, that very night, my wishes would come true. For when I got back to my villa after a scuba diving tour, I saw a girl crying in my bed. Uh, who, who are you? Are you supposed to be here? Uh, oh, oh, I'm... I'm sorry. I was looking for refuge, and I snuck into the nearest room I could find. I'm so... so sorry. You left your door open, so... Oh, my 
God. You're... Adriana! She was crying, and her face was all red. But I would recognize her face anywhere. Why... Yes, how did you know? Everyone knows your name where I come from. Are you kidding? That made her smile. Turned out, even A-list supermodels like her are just like us. They're just people with their own sets of problems and insecurities. Adriana was crying because her father was forcing her to marry one of the businessmen in Brad's party, and she didn't like him at all. She was prepared to do anything it took to not be around him. But her father said he would have her tied up and delivered to Roland if she didn't marry him willingly. So, she asked for my help. Now, I didn't know exactly what I was agreeing to. And I didn't know how dangerous that Roland guy was. Because as soon as she heard that Adriana was staying in my room, he got me captured by his bodyguards. I was brought to a dark room with only one hanging lamp. He sat me down and gave me two choices. Leave Adriana alone. Never talk to her again. Ignore her. And I will reward you. I can talk to some people. I know the owner of this resort. Have you ever dreamed of living and working in a paradise island like this? Um... Yeah, I guess. But I can't just betray Adriana. We've become friends over the last few days. <laughs> Friends? Oh, please. Adriana would never even talk to a bottom feeder like you. She's just using you. I heard you were a janitor back home. Wouldn't you want to be rich? I can talk to the owner of this resort. I can make you this resort's manager. Walter, give him the bag. The bodyguard slammed a duffel bag on the table. When I saw what was in it, my eyes couldn't hide my surprise. That's one hundred thousand dollars, in addition to your new position as resort manager. I suggest you take my offer, because your second choice won't be as pretty. I know where you live, and I know your mom is sick. What would happen if I make you unable to work ever again? I took Roland's offer. Honestly, I was just so scared. And the money would be more than enough to get my mom the treatment she needed for her sickness. But as soon as I got back to my room to fetch Adriana, I felt a thud and I was out cold. When I woke up, I was in a huge kitchen. There was a priest in front of me, and Adriana was smiling beside me. She was marrying me. Oh, good. He's awake. Now let's continue. Grant, do you take Adriana to be your wife? My mind raced. I, I would love nothing else in the world, but... My mom... The money... Roland's threats. No, I, I can't. I, I'm, s I'm sorry. Roland, he. Adriana began to cry, and then she ran away. The next day, Roland had already made me into the hotel manager. Roland even called my boss back home to tell her of my new job, and all my coworkers were so happy for me. I didn't know how hard a job it was gonna be. I worked day in and day out, 17 hours a day. I was so exhausted all the time that one day, I just passed out. But when I woke up, I wasn't in my office. I woke up in a beach villa ten times more luxurious than the resort. And Adriana was in a corner, sipping tea. I know he got to you. What is it? Did he bribe you? Threaten you? I thought you said you'd help me. You did both. I'm sorry. Where are we? I looked out the window and saw the resort was nowhere to be found. I was in a completely different island. I had to take you away. Out of Roland's grasps. What offer did he make you? 
I told her my situation. My mom's sickness. I'll double what he gave you. And obviously, you should keep the money he gave you. That way, you have 300 grand. I'll send someone to fetch your mom and keep her safe. I have powerful friends too, you know. And if you marry me, Roland will not be able to touch us. That very night, Adriana brought the priest again. And that night, I said yes. We were married on a paradise island in the middle of nowhere under the stars. And it was perfect. But just then, Brad's yacht arrived. The celebrities ran down towards us. They were all worried about Adriana having been missing for many days. Did this man capture you? Someone, call the cops! Adriana just laughed. No, quite the opposite. I captured him. And now we're married! Roland came running down the yacht and grabbed Adriana's arm. How dare you defy me! Get your hands off my wife! Or what? Or... This! I took out my phone and started playing a recording of Roland's voice. Everyone heard his threats. His evil plans. What Roland didn't know is that I learned long ago to record everything every time I was in trouble. And when he captured me, I had everything on tape. Now, I had the power to topple his business empire if I wanted. And his friends have heard how trash he really was. Roland whimpered like a scared dog and ran. He was so embarrassed, he ran to one of the lifeboats and started paddling out of there with his bodyguards. The celebrities, Adriana and I, partied all night on that paradise island to celebrate our wedding. Who would have thought a janitor like me would end up married to a supermodel and having celebrity friends? Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.